We are Chris and Beth Bruno, and this is the Walking With Podcast. We lead a team of brave and brilliant story work counselors and coaches around the country, all committed to helping you come alive. Join us as we explore the sacred landscape of the human heart at the intersection of theology, psychology, and ministry. So I've been doing all this grocery shopping, you know, just because of our trip and getting back and that kitchen's empty and I'm in all these stores without masks now because the Colorado mask mandate has been lifted. And I realize I feel a whole new level of panic now <laughs> that people can see my face again and I can no longer avoid recognizing people in stores. Like I can't. There's no excuse anymore. And, <laughs> and I'm very visible and other people are very visible. And it's this whole new kind of shock. It feels really naked, doesn't it? It yes, just. Yes. But it's, it's also anxiety. And then we were just right. talking, remember, like the first time we went out to a store last year, beginning of April, and we had bandanas and hair bands holding them behind our ears because masks weren't even available for purchase yet. And we looked like bandits. And that was weird and awkward. And we felt like we're going to get caught. We're not supposed to all be at a store at the same time. We had to create our own masks. And we looked, we felt like we looked like idiots. And our youngest daughter at that point, she was like, there's no way I'm wearing a mask in public. Someone will see me. And now what you're saying is, there's no way I can't wear a mask. Someone will, Someone see, will me. see me. I know. <laughs> so I'm just very acutely aware that as we begin to come out of this weird, crazy season of the pandemic, we're all experiencing a whole new range of emotions. It's yeah. amazing how quickly we all adjusted to this new norm. And now we're back to the pre, pre-COVID norms almost. And it's all these new feelings again especially that we're in summer and there's this sense of, wait, we can do that. We can do that. This is happening. That's happening. Is that allowed? Is that okay? And so just the range of emotions. And it makes me think about the conversation we are about to share that we had with Alex Murphy and just people's depression and how it's so normal. So many of us have experienced depression or a range of ups and downs over the last 16 months. And here we are feeling a sense of freedom and those feelings might still be there or come yeah. in a whole new way as we adjust to a new norm. Well, and I love the conversation we had with Alex about depression, because I think one of the things that he says is so key. And that is that depression is not an indicator of a lack of relationship with God. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And so let's dive into the conversation with Alex. Alex, welcome to the Walking With Podcast. We're so glad to have you here. And you are new to our team since we did a season of talking with our staff members. So I want to take a minute here and just let you introduce yourself briefly to our audience. Can you tell us a little bit about who you are and what you do here at Restoration Counseling? Yeah. So I am a licensed um, professional counselor and licensed addictions counselor. And uh, I see people both virtually and in person, I work with with men and women and with all kinds of concerns and helping them to figure out 
how to bring healing and new meaning to the story that they have experienced, whatever that might be. Yeah. Well, and Alex, one of the unique things, especially as we talk on the Walking With podcast, one of the unique things that you bring to the team is that just like Beth and I, you have a ministry background. Yes. And so many of the people listening to this podcast are walking with other people from a ministry context. And that's just another thing I wanted to point out that you bring that experience as well as your psychology experience and counseling experience to, to the team. So we're super excited that you're a part of Restoration. So today we want to unpack a little bit with you something that we have seen. It, it's been a part of the mental health world for a long time, and that is depression. But over the course yeah. of the last couple of years, especially in the, the past 18 months with the pandemic, depression has been something that has had a significant uptick. And so we wanted to unpack a little bit more of what depression is, where it comes from, what some of the stigmas are around it, what it looks like, and maybe some of the ways mm-hmm. that that our audience can begin to be curious about how can we walk with somebody through it. So let me toss the ball over to you and just begin to talk about depression. Depression has, it, it's always been with us. It's the common cold of the mental health world. It carries a lot of stigma as well. People, especially within the church, think that, oh, if I'm walking with Christ, I can't possibly be depressed because I'm filled with joy. Or that's a major disservice because I think as you look at things, and you look at characters and people within the Bible depression throughout the Bible, right? You see David going through it. In the New Testament, you see John and Paul going through episodes of depression as well. It is not indicative of a poor walk with God. It is something that people in all stages of their engagement with will experience at different times. It is the most common thing that we experience within the mental health world. And so it's during this pandemic, people have been a lot more isolated. The rug has been pulled out from them in a lot of ways in terms of disconnection from communities and maybe things being painted in a new light in terms of how they do their world. And things are not quite, they're not experiencing in the same way that they did prior to the pandemic. Mm-hmm. And so a lot of disillusionment can happen even within that. In addition to the isolation that mm-hmm. happens, not being able to go to church, not being able to go to the restaurant and sit down at the restaurant, we're seeing an opening up of that in, in, in many ways. But there's still this anxiety around, well, is it okay to be doing this? Mm-hmm. Depression has set in for a lot of people that maybe haven't experienced it in the past. I want want to ask a little bit about, let's talk about what it looks like. And then I know Mm -hmm. we've talked about this before on the podcast, but what is the difference between situational depression and clinical depression, especially in light of the pandemic and how Mm -hmm. we all shared in that situation? So how can a person know the difference, especially as we start to come out of it. So I guess there's two questions in there. Let's start with what it looks like. Yeah. We all have our normal ups and downs, right? There are days where we'll feel down and days where we'll feel um, better about things. And so that's not going to be clinical depression is something that's very persistent. You're looking at something that probably lasts for at least two weeks and you will have, you know, some common symptoms are going to be the lack of interest 
in activities that you normally found interesting and an inability to enjoy them in the way that you normally have. Maybe difficulty concentrating on things like reading or watching TV. You will potentially experience a change in appetite, either increase or decrease, or maybe just vary just outside the normal appetite range. But it's more days than not it's going to be an increase or a decrease in your appetite. Excessive sleep, that's, a, that's one that people think. Men will often get angry in their depression and experience of this anger. And, 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 and I think that has to do with our cultural, what we find culturally acceptable in terms of emotional expression to men. But anger can be a common outworking of it and just irritability with the people around them, things that normally wouldn't be found irritable. And then there are things, of course, like self-harm and thoughts of suicide. And it can be as, it can be passive suicidality, like I just don't want to wake up tomorrow, or it can be more developed. But these are all uh, really common signs of depression. And like I say, most people experience depression at some point in their life. And I want to go back to a phrase, as you list all those symptoms... The phrase that you said just a few minutes ago is that having those symptoms is not an indicator of an insufficient walk with Christ. That there's that those yeah. are symptoms of something going on, but that doesn't mean that you've left your faith or you've forgotten God or he's not present with you or there's something wrong there. It just is something else is happening for you. And it just is important yeah. to attend to those symptoms when you see those coming up. Yeah. I also think it was interesting to think Mm -hmm. about men experiencing anger because almost every other symptom you listed has this passivity to it or just lethargy, right? Like not much energy. And so anger is the opposite of that. It's this sense of powering up and over response, which I would imagine a lot of men think, I must not be depressed because I have all of this rage inside. And how do you get at oh, that's actually depression under there beneath all that anger, right? Yeah, yeah. And I think it just take, it, it takes some exploring, right? Because anger is that emotion that covers over the other emotions. And so you got to poke at it. It's the handle that you to adore into the soul. And so you, it, 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 you just have to reveal it and yeah. take, a, take a good survey of what's going on. If men tend to experience more anger when depressed, is there a particular symptom that more women would experience more than men? I think I, I think it would be more in line with the other symptoms that were being described, just because I think there is, again, culturally, a greater freedom to experience the, the range of emotion. For, it doesn't mean women won't be angry in their depression. I absolutely encounter that. But I think there is a greater freedom for the other range of emotions associated with depression. Yeah, that makes a lot of sense. Yeah. 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 Okay. Let's get to the second question that I had. How does the person know what is situational depression? And maybe they can start Mm -hmm. to anticipate some change now that things are opening up again and we're coming out of this season versus, no, this is clinical and this really needs some attention, perhaps some, you know, prescriptions to, to start to feel different. Yeah. Again, I think the, 
persistence of it, like how long has it been going on? If you're looking at um, something that's been going on for 14 days or more days than not, then you really need to begin to investigate whether or not it's a clinical experience of depression versus just the, the kind of regular seasonal up and downs of life. And just because it's been going on longer than 14 days doesn't necessarily mean medica- medication is a necessary component to it, but it might be a helpful component and give you the boost you need to have the energy to work on things that will create the life change that will lead to the eventual lifting of the depression. The way I like to think about medication is particularly with depression is that there's a big stigma around depression anyway. And then there's an additional stigma around medication of any kind for any kind of mental health struggle or anything like that. But particularly with with depression, it's like, why do I have to take a happy pill in order to get over this? And the way I like to think about it is actually the doctors will say that if you have you have not had enough exposure to the outdoors or to the sun, you have a lower level of vitamin D. And in order for your body to actually function well, you need to take supplements in order for the vitamin D levels to come back up to a function level, and then you can continue on. And that's how I like to think about depression medication, because over time, as those 14 days or 14 months have gone on that there's a lowering level of actually the biological chemical balances in our bodies that have actually shifted. And we need some supplements in order to get back into balance. And yes, that feels so much more freeing for me to think about it from a vitamin D perspective that why am I willing to take vitamin D to help my body function better, but not willing to take uh, a depression medication to help my body function better. I think it's that stigma of there's something wrong with you. You should be able to navigate sad feelings without Mm -hmm. some kind of supplement. And there's that piece too, again, depression's a moral failing, that stigma of it. And, you know, there are some very real biological things going on, but it's an inflammatory response to the body in place, depression. And there are chemical things that are happening. There's an increase in cortisol creates the, the, the inflammation and it, it can be addressed with medication in some very effective ways. And some people wind up needing to have a, a daily regimen for the rest of their lives. And some, a lot of people don't, it really is going to be individual specific and it's not, a it is the medication is a little piece of the grace of God <laughs> in a capsule or a tablet for bringing that greater help. And uh, it's a partnership. And in light of that, actually, a little capsule, the grace of God, though it may be, is not going to fix the problem because it always needs to be in coordination with other things that will bring healing. So maybe let's talk briefly about what are some of those other things that will help someone both navigate through and in the depression they're in and then find ways out. Yeah, the therapy of course, is one of the main ways that this happens, right? It research shows that therapy and medication are have about the same efficacy. And when you combine them, it's a superpower. But the, the different kinds of therapy help, but you want to look both at the experiences that contribute to the messages that you continue to tell yourself, or that might be talking to you in the background 
and coding the way that you interpret life. There are, and so that's an explicit message that you might be experiencing. There are also the implicit messages you might be experiencing that we need to look at in therapy. And, and that those don't necessarily respond to rational arguments, right? It's that disconnect between the head and the heart. And there, there are things that we do within therapy to begin to challenge those implicit experiences and memories. And that God wants to challenge and bring this healing to. It is, it's, it's, he, there are some unique experiences within the Christian walk that challenge those implicit memories in ways that the person not engaging God will have difficulties with. However, there are, even for the person who's not engaging God, there are things that can be done there that are very healing to, to challenge that neurodevelopmental trauma. Alex, it's as we said at the beginning, it's great to have you as a part of our team and obviously bring a lot of theological and psychological tools to the table to walk with people through these things, and uh, you're uniquely equipped to do so. So super glad to have you as a part of our team. As we wrap up today, I want to ask you the question we've been asking other team members as we've been talking about the last 14, 16 months, however long it's been with COVID, is there something that you personally have pursued or learned or grown in your life that you wouldn't have otherwise? Yeah, through, through COVID. I think with COVID, it's been a unique opportunity for stripping away a lot of things that kept me busy and getting to sit back and reflect and getting to reflect with my family. And so it, we, as a family, took a deeper dive into looking at the different, and this is the more serious, I'm just a more serious person in general, but <laughs> we took a deeper dive into looking at racism and the injustices and, and power differentials in the world and, it, and how that has played out in contemporary society. And so we had fun researching that as a family. <laughs> I love that you did that together and what a year to dive into that. Mm -hmm. So I love that you brought yeah. all of your kids and I know that's quite an age range. That's you've got some young ones that, to handle that kind of conversation, but I love that you did that together as a family. Yeah. I'm not sure a four-year-old engaged it quite as much as, sure. as but the table was set <laughs> for your four-year-old to have yes. those conversations in the future yeah. for sure. Yeah, absolutely. Alex, thanks so much for joining us today. Good to talk to you. Thank you. It was great talking to you guys. Thanks so much for joining us today on the Walking With Podcast. As always, if you'd like more information about working with Alex Murphy or any of us at Restoration Counseling, you can find out more information at restorationcounselingnoco.com. Thanks for joining us again, and we'll see you same time, same place next week.